The home services category in franchising has just been explosive in recent years. And there are many different types of painting companies, for example. But what if you just want one room painted? Well, guess what? There's a fantastic franchise called Fresh Coat that will do just that. Join me as I talk with Tara Riley and her vast experience in franchising and her company, Fresh Coat. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Tara Riley. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. So glad you're here. So let me tell you all a little bit about Tara. With over 35 years of executive management and operations experience in franchising, Tara's greatest success lies in creating profitable growth for franchise owners at every stop in her career. And it is an amazing career. Taking over as president of Fresh Coat in 2014, Tara has helped to triple franchise average unit volume and nearly quadruple total revenues in just under eight years. Prior to that, Tara has led teams in a variety of business models, home improvement, personal services, and restaurants. And I love that, Tara, you started at a McDonald's, and that's where you actually got your first taste of franchising at a very young age. So you have such a wonderful history. You are also a proud Texas Aggie. I saw that on your LinkedIn. Yes, and you have an MBA from Kennesaw State, and you're certified franchise executive. So Tara, why don't you tell us about your career, starting with your McDonald's days? Well, you mentioned starting at an early age. It's weird looking back, but my entire career has actually been in franchising. Now, literally my first job was in high school at McDonald's. You know, when I started that job, clearly, if you'd asked me, Tara, what are you going to do when you grow up? Franchise professional did not roll off my tongue. Uh, you know, actually right then, you know, I I thought I wanted to be a geological engineer or possibly a veterinarian. In fact, if you'd asked me at 15 what I wanted to do, usually I'd say, I don't know anything but business, uh-huh. if you'll believe that. Uh-huh. Clearly, I had no idea what business was all about at that point. And I learned later that, oh, you know, not only is business fun, but I really love it. And I ended up obviously getting my degrees uh, down that line. But uh Started with McDonald's really in high school because my friends were there. It was flexible. I was blessed to work with some really good owner operators uh, over my time. Mm -hmm. I grew up in North Dakota of all places, but I went to school in Texas and needed a part-time job. I knew that would be flexible and work around my college time. And so I just kept working for McDonald's and kept getting promoted. And when I got into management, I started realizing that I really enjoyed you know, business. And that's how I really ended up, you know, like I said, focusing on business. But even then I was in direct operations. I hadn't yet been introduced to the idea of franchising. I had a great mentor back then who kept telling me, hey, if anything changes here, you should go to work for McDonald's Corp. You'd be great. You'd be great in field service. You'd be great working with franchise owners. And he always encouraged me to, well, he was one that made sure I got finished my degree. He really was the one that said, no, a business degree would make sense for you. You know, he was he was really just a really good supportive person. So sure enough, um, eventually I had the opportunity to make a transition to McDonald's Corp from working on the franchisee side. And really it was powerful for me to help other franchisees because I had worked for franchisees. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the folks that ended up at that time were in franchise support had not worked for franchisees. They had come up through the 
corporate McDonald's ranks, you know, the company stores. It really gave me, I think, a different perspective that allowed me to be very successful. It was there I fell in love with the idea of franchising as a career. It was really at that point I knew it was going to be my long-term career. I was pretty sure. And it sure has been because then you went to Sports Clips, then back to McDonald's Mm -hmm. and then a few other franchise brands as well. Absolutely. And I think one of the strongest transitions I made was, so, you know, I left McDonald's after a long career, as you mentioned, I, I my first really foray outside of the comfort zone of McDonald's, which, you know, I had the, all the stripes, I had the t-shirts and the stripes, I could be successful at McDonald's, not just because I had a good head for business, but also because I had done everything. You know, I could walk into a store and talk to, you know, the newest crew person. I'd walked in their shoes at some point. You know, I'd walked in the shoes of being a manager. I'd walked in the shoes of running an organization. So when I made that shift to Sport Clips, it was the first kind of, okay, you know, is my business knowledge going to transfer? And immediately I realized it would. And that was a great experience. But uh, the next transition for me was to when I switched over and went to a company called Enhanced Wood Renewal. And this was my first foray outside of the retail space Ah. into home services. And I really fell in love with the home services business model because I realized how expansive it could be. And there's a benefit to the four walls of retail, but there's also a lot of demand it puts on you. You know, to me, if you have a four walls retail establishment and you have hours of operations, that's a promise to your customers that you never want to break. You know, back in my day, I was actually blessed when we decided to start opening stores 24 hours because then I didn't have to worry about them not opening on time in the morning. They were screwed up, but they were open, you know. So when I realized home services, what I really loved about it was the scaling and the infinite capacity capability. I'm a student of, I love the idea of capacities Mm -hmm. and um, productivity rates, which makes me a natural in the home services, especially. But, you know, it really came into play in McDonald's. Like, you know, if you have a retail establishment, there's only so much revenue it can produce an hour, depending on the configuration. You see what Chick-fil-A is doing with drive-thrus these days. Amazing. You know, they're adding capacity, right? You know, they're just fully going all out and committing to drive-thru, which I think is... Mm -hmm. Brilliant, by the way. So you go into home services. The beauty is in franchising, you may have a territory, protected territory that presents you some walls, but most trades businesses um, do not maximize their trade area even as they speak. I mean, it's, you know, the amount of market share that you're taking out of even a, a territory of our size is usually you're not, you're not maxing it out, you know? So. Yeah. I love that infinite capacity. And it's true. Probably the only thing you have to worry about are employees, but let's, let's talk about Fresh Coat because it's such a unique brand that you're leading. And so Fresh Coat is a brand under the strategic franchising group. And I read where it was started because one of the co-founders was trying to find a painter for one room and could not. I think it was his daughter's bedroom. So business was born and you started franchising in 2005. Can you share more about the history of Fresh Coat? Sure. Um, So our co-founder, Gary, had he had already been in franchising. He understood that there was a value in franchising. But yes, exactly. You know, he saw it. He he was trying to find his daughter was a teenager at the time. And I hate the color of my room, Dad. I just want to get it. I want to paint it a different color. And so he's running around trying to find somebody to just come out and paint a room. And, and there was a tendency, and there still is in the trades, like, well, you know, we have a minimum job size of this or, you know, you know, even we may even be guilty at times when we teach people that you need, well, you know, work on, you know, increasing your average ticket and, 
doing those things. But what you really want to remember is you want to build a deck of very happy customers. And every customer is valuable. And so look at what Freshcoat was founded on was that concept because Gary was brilliant in that. First of all, there's a niche. There's a lot of times it's hard to find somebody to come out and just do a small project. We can put a price point on that small project and make it really easy for a customer to know, oh, this is very approachable. It's affordable, right? So all of a sudden now I have a way of generating, you know, customers and kind of creating a certainty in the sales process that, you know, a lot of people don't know. You know, if I go to get a quote on something I've never gotten a quote on before, I I may not have any idea what it's going to cost me to have something done. We were founded on at the time one room for $199. Oh, wow. So now you if you get an ad and it says, you know, a, here's a a standard size bedroom, $199, you're like, that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you already know when you're calling us out to to quote Hey, if that's all it is, yeah, go ahead. Just wow. sign it up, you know. So anyway, that that was really the foundation of Fresh Coat. And we built the business from there and then evolved into, you know, obviously adding all the painting services. And that's one of the things that makes Fresh Coat different than even some of our other very esteemed uh, franchises in the space. Many of them started on exteriors mm. and larger projects and then added the others. And what it made us do is that we, we were built as an employee-based model. Mm. We started with employees and background checks and all those things that are important if you're sending somebody to the interior of a of a home. And those are just a few of the differences, I think, of Fresh Code. That was the history. And then we uh, evolved. Uh, you know, Before we started franchising, our co-founder, Ralph, he ran the first Fresh Code. So we proved out the model, You know, did all the things. And it was interesting because Ralph came from the airline industry. And he came from uh, actually uh, maintenance and engineering uh, for Comair. So you talk about detail orientation. Oh, yeah. One thing I appreciated when I first came to Fresh Coat was I said, show me the operations manuals. I want to see what kind of level of detail. And I'm like, you know, oh, wow. You know, this is very well documented systems. And that was something that we I very much appreciated that was already established. Because as you may know, sometimes an emerging franchise or doesn't have the level of details, you know, that they should have, or they have all their systems documented the way you would want them to. And it was really nice to see that Freshcoat long, right in the beginning had everything, you know, that was buttoned up. So that was, that was great. I didn't have to reinvent that wheel. So. And that's a critical component of a franchise is to make sure your business plan, your model and your operations manuals are very detailed. So at Freshcoat, is the business model still primarily one room at a time or has it evolved to something else? Well, it certainly has evolved into, we're very capable of doing projects of any size. We've done single projects. I mean, obviously they're multifaceted from hundred, obviously clearly $199 to, I think the largest project I know of is, well, a single project's over a million. Wow. So you know, the capability in the space, again, what, you know, to grow and scale this business is is tremendous. So in the beginning, we were entirely what we would call interior residential repaint. Okay. We expanded to exterior, to res- to retail repaint, to business to business, to commercial. We don't do a whole lot of industrial, which is the bigger, like think about, you know, repainting an oil tanker or something, but bridges, you know, we don't, we haven't expanded that far, but we have definitely expanded into a a larger capability. So that's great. I also read that you want to make Fresh Coat an iconic brand. What does that mean to you, Tara? Well, 
first of all, I think of iconic brands, you know, certainly McDonald's, uh, you know, Amazon, Apple. And I think, what do we ever want to do with a brand? What 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 do we love about brands? I, I think of those brands as being known, clearly, trusted and loved. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think about Fresh Coat and say, hey, in order for this brand to be eventually iconic, right? We have to focus on how do we make our brand known, trusted, and loved. And I, at first, when I was thinking of that, I thought, am I being too expansive? But then I realized our franchise owners in their communities, when when our franchise owners open, they become iconic immediately in their family and their social circles. Right. They're working and doing the heavy lifting, you know, to make that brand iconic in their market. And when we have folks that are focused on that, our job is then to add more people who are aligned with that vision and aligned to growing the brand. And if we just keep adding that, eventually this brand gets there. So that's that's what it means to me. And that's why I use that as my vision, because to me, that's our guiding star. Mm-hmm. When you're out there, are you doing the things that are going to make this brand known, trusted, and loved? If you're doing that, then you're heading the right direction. Ah. Who wouldn't want to follow a leader that feels like that? That's awesome. So let's talk about franchising a little bit. So right now, I think it's your primary growth engine. Why is that? Uh, Franchising is our primary growth engine for Fresh Coat. Well, because we have chosen to focus 100% of our energy on supporting our franchise owners and not putting energy into running company stores at this point. So that's why we felt Mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously I grew up at McDonald's. We had both. McDonald's ranged from somewhere between 85 to 95% franchise owned during the time I was there. So it was primarily franchise owned, but, you know, we did have some company stores. But, you know, I think for a franchise like Fresh Coat, it's important for us to put all of our franchise or energy into growing and scaling our franchises. And I was taught grow sales and profit and protect the brand. Mm-hmm. That's what we're working on. So that's what we work on with our franchisees. So that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it's hard to do both. So that singular focus will definitely help you grow. How much do you want to grow? I'm a scaling queen. So I mean, long term, we want to, you know, I'd like to maximize the US market, you know, figure out, you know, we have a pretty good idea of what a maximum amount of territories looks like there and then continue to grow and scale and dig deeper. You know, we'd like we've expanded into Canada. I mean, right now in the short term, my next target is get us over 200 units. Mm-hmm. And and I'd like to see that by the end of the year. And I think we're on track this year to do that. So is that so it's the long-term goals and the short-term goals, right? Yeah. Great way to look at it. Great way. So I dug into your FDD that you had just filed your revision last week. So it was brand new for this year. And I just have a few questions, a few interesting things in there. So the cost to become a franchisee of Fresh Coat is relatively low. How is that possible? When you think about the total investment, and, and we like to put ourselves as as being one of the top value franchises mm-hmm. out there, but it's because of, it, of the home services model. There's not a lot of a tremendous amount of upfront investment. You have your investment in the franchise fee. And then in opening the business, there are some startup costs in terms of acquiring insurances and a few other things. But you don't have to buy a ton of equipment. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a retail space. So the primary the primary investment in the first three months is in marketing. Oh, okay. So in you know that's you know what I would say is that you're they're going to invest you know short of if you know the business startup stuff they're going to their primary investment for the first three months is going to be marketing. What's what's beautiful about it is as soon as you flip that switch on and you're bringing projects in, the contribution margin of those projects mm-hmm. 
makes it so that we're very capable of getting above operating break even very quickly. Mm. So the, that's why the the startup costs can be very low. Obviously, it depends on the person and how well they execute the systems, but that's why the cost can be very low in fresh code. Oh, gotcha. And your royalty rate was interesting. You have a sliding scale. So the higher your sales, the lower the rate. What is the rationale there? So the rationale is we want to encourage growth and scaling. And so I want to reward the franchise owners that are that are scaling their businesses. So when you get a you know get to the break points, it there's a breakdown in royalty. Part of that that rationale is one to to encourage it, two and reward it. Mm-hmm. Also because as you think about it, when um, it's um, as franchisees grow and scale, they are contributing a lot back. Usually not only in their in their royalty payments, but you know, my experience has been our top franchise owners are the ones who give the most back to the rest of the system f- personally too. So I want to reward the folks that are doing that, you know, give them the opportunity to like to feel good about the fact that they're mm-hmm. giving back to the system. Also, um, you know, like I said, the demand, they're not demanding a whole lot from us as much as they're partnering with us to help grow the brand. So that makes a lot of sense. And that's quite the incentive because many franchisees would be very motivated by that. So that's a good one. So item eight, you talk about two types of paint that can be used. And I don't know why this was so interesting to me, but you had Sherwin-Williams and PPG Industries. How did you determine those two suppliers? And what if a franchisee wants to use another type of paint? Well, certainly. Now, we've we've um, contracted heavily with uh, Sherwin and PPG mm-hmm. because they're two of the largest providers that are nationwide. And so Sherwin-Williams being our um, our primary provider by far, they have the strongest presence and support presence across the country in terms of stores, distribution points. Uh, Sherwin-Williams have, is heavily invested in residential repaint, and they also heavily invest in and provide support to our owners across the country. So we've worked with them. They're also, one of the reasons for the, the focus on that is we want to signal quality. Mm. Sherman Williams across the country is, you know, really considered, you know, high quality paint. So it, by partnering with a brand like Sherman Williams, we're lining with a, a company that is high quality. They stand behind their products. They work with us, you know, to make sure that with training and other things. Now, as far as other products, certainly we have, um, uh, there's other regional players and we also have some contracts out there with uh, with other providers, Benmore, Bear. So we try to get out and negotiate for our franchise owners the best prices to start with. It's called a not to exceed price in in this industry. So a brand new owner coming in, whether they've bought any paint or not, gets some our best pricing. Our local owners can actually negotiate even better pricing. If they're using a particular product, uh, they can actually negotiate even lower pricing. And we see that in certain markets. So they or they may work temporarily with, you know, a provider to um uh, move forward. But, you know, all of the high quality painting suppliers are approved by us at this point. Gotcha. We have um, our quoting software has the primary pricing for four or five of the major providers available. And and if somebody wants to add somebody, there's there are some small regional painting companies or painting providers. I'm saying that might only be, I mean, there's one that's really, I think, just in the central Minnesota area, mm. but they're well established. They're known to be quality. You know, we want to support our local owners' local endeavor. So, you know, we'll work, you know, with them to say, hey, get us the pricing sheets. We'll load it into our software so that when you're specking out 
a project, you can spec it out with that particular client. So we're that, open. That makes sense. And, you know, Sherwin-Williams, I just had a painting project done and they provide wonderful online services for design and color advice. Do you all offer that color advice or do you lean on your paint suppliers? Well, in, uh, we recommend, first of all, as a painter, you do not want to pick the color. Gotcha. <laughs> um, if you pick the color, you own the color, as we like to say. So yeah. we absolutely lean on Sherwin-Williams. Uh, at one time, they used to charge a fee for it. And then one of the benefits, actually a benefit of the pandemic is they moved to virtual color consults. Yes. And and we can provide those services for our clients. An interesting factoid, Sherwin-Williams did a survey a few years ago. We, we all agree. They're absolutely right. 68% of projects are held up because the customer can't pick the color. Oh, I believe it. Yes. But I will tell you that virtual consult was amazing. And the colors that were recommended are beautiful. Even my painter said, I'm going to put these in my home. So that is a great company that you're with. Yeah. So to become a franchisee, do you have to know how to paint to begin with? No, absolutely not. We look for business owners first and for people who want to own a business, want to grow and scale a business. I, I, I encourage people, you have to like the outcome of this. You have to enjoy the space, I believe, to really, mm -hmm. to have fun in it. I mean, one of the things that I told you, when I got into, first got into home services uh, with Enhance and then with Freshcoat, I, you know, part of that is because I love it. I love seeing the transformation. Um, it is so it's so much fun to just see. It's amazing what color, just a new a fresh coat of paint and a new color can do yes. for your space. And I had the same experience. I, I recently um, I, I knew I was going to be painting, and we we did a color consult. And I mean, I, it was amazing just how much better you feel in that space when you know when when something is changed and it you know just I don't know it's just it's just I could just go on and gush around it all the time, but. So I would, I always encourage people that are considering fresh coat. I said, you got to like the space. Do you like this industry? Do you like the space? Because if you do, then when the, when you pick up the rock and you see all the squiggly things underneath it, you're going to, you'll be fine with that. Yeah. You know, you're willing to push through because you know that the end result is awesome. You know, if you get into this and find out you don't really like the space, you're not going to have a lot of fun in it. So it's true. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. You definitely yeah. do. So how do you ensure consistency among your franchisees? That's one of the areas where home services can be more challenging. If you think about the retail space, you know, when I was a retail field consultant, I could go out and look at the standard, right? You know, the right. light bulbs are all lit on the sign and the drive through times are X and Y and Z and you know, or sport clips, you know, the store was clean and they had, they were staffed with home services. Uh, you know, we have to focus on really the uh, vision. We work with our franchise owners. I'm a huge believer in proactive coaching and engagement. So we've built a team of business coaches who are very much uh, engaged with the franchise owners that we work with, helping them. We look at numbers, we look at uh, surveys, we look at their Google ratings, you know, because we can't always be in the field to see every outcome. What we can see is, you know, how are the customers rating us? And, you know, and we can obviously do outbound surveying, we do things to try and make sure that our quality standards are there. But I think it's really through that proactive engagement and leadership is the way that we keep those standards um, in line as much as we can. And so, blessedly, I've been here about nine years and haven't had a tremendous amount of exceptions, so it seems to be working. That's great. I, I've often thought that would be a hard thing to get a handle on without having a retail establishment to mystery shop, if you will. 
It's 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 much more. It is one of the more challenging things in our space for sure. Right. So, and you know, I also in item nineteen, you list the revenues, and it's quite a disparity between the highest and the and the lowest. And I think I also read your highest revenue franchisee is a female who wants to hit three million. That's her goal. Can you tell us a little bit about what does she do that's so different? You know, what I love about Sarah, she's our top franchise owner is that she follows the system. Uh, not that that makes her different, right? But she'll tell you the same thing. And we had a one of the things that we know about painting, we call it 333. You want to answer, this is part of our service standards. You, you know, you answer the phone within three rings or respond to an email, ideally within three minutes. That is clearly, you know, something that is, can be fun. We try to, we want to provide a, a, a firm fair quote to our clients within three days. Wow. Or on their schedule, right? And uh, the third one would be to start a project within three weeks. Now, with the labor situation and things, that's the one that can be the most challenging. The thing I will tell you about Sarah is that she has always used that. And we use that as how do you know when to scale? How do you know when to add staff? So Sarah says, you know, hey, when I start consistently getting outside of the ability to get projects scheduled within three weeks of, of the quote being accepted, I know I need to go out and get more crews. Mm. I have to, I need to add painters. And so she has built relationships. She has worked in her community to BNI with realtors, along with doing traditional advertising, which are all, you know, part of the things that, you know, are part of our system. And by doing that, her sister, she, her repeat referral business grew. She continued to grow. She, as, as she got out more than three weeks, she'd add crews when she couldn't get a quote, you know, done in three days, she started to add estimators, right. Uh, and territory managers. And that has basically, she has steadily grown the business by following that process and, and procedure. It's, it's, it always just makes me feel uh, warm and fuzzy inside when I hear that. Of course. And, you know, it comes back to what you said, infinite capacity and then using the model. And she's done that. That is quite a success story. So um, as we wrap up, Tara, I just have two questions for you. One is you have accomplished so much in your long career. What are you most proud of? The thing I've always been most proud of are people. And it's really on two fronts. I, I'm very proud of people who, and I always say, people who've achieved more than they ever thought was possible. Now that falls into two categories. I have franchise owners who, when they started and and maybe were you know running the business, they they didn't think they could achieve something. You know that I don't know that you know seven or eight years ago that Sarah Ross ever thought she'd be the number one franchise. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, not that she necessarily aspired to be that, but she want you know she wanted to grow and she was competitive. Uh, I've had employees going all the way back to my McDonald's days, people that started working in high school for me who ended up in careers in franchising, right? And accomplished more than they ever expected to. Um, I'm also proud of people that I've helped bring into franchising and they've, and they've stayed or, or taken them from, you know, restaurants into home services franchising. And those are the types of things that I think I'm most proud of. Yeah, as you should be, as you should be. And my last question, you've been in franchising forever, so I'm going to reward it just a little bit. So what would you tell those who are considering franchising? What should they know about the franchising model? Well, first thing I'd say is that uh, once you get into it, you will fall in love with it. Truth. (laughs) Truth. Um, And be careful because it's sticky. It'll keep you. It'll suck you in. Um, 
you know, I, I think the thing you need to know is that it's incredibly rewarding because of what I just said, the ability to influence people's lives and the wide variety of people you get to know in franchising because, you know, our franchise owners and, and our obviously our employees come from such varied walks of life and they bring so much to the table. And that's the thing I think is most fun about franchising in general is that when you think about the talent you know, why, why franchising? You asked that question earlier, like Mm -hmm. why is franchising our main model? Well, you know, what is more powerful than somebody, first of all, who's running your business out there? First of all, it's their livelihood. And they came from, I mean, literally we have folks that, that came from engineering that have come from teaching that have come from, you know, being a CPA for all, I mean, just all kinds of different walks of life. And, and all of them are out there and they're pulling in the same direction. They all have the same goal. So when we bring it, when we bring that brain trust together, it our collective is so much smarter than just a corporate, you know, beehive office, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is fun about franchise. You know, you, I would say you want to engage your franchise owners, and and that's just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the power of franchising. Ah, oh, that's great. Well, Tara, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And what a wonderful story you've told us. And now you have motivated me to want to paint more. So thank you. All right, call us. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Kathy. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.